This is episode 10 of Collector's Quest, and today we talk to Nick Morgan, or the VGDB, on Instagram. We talk about his amazing collection of over 10,000 games, all of the complete sets he has, collecting in general, and a whole lot more. Also, it's Star Wars this week. If you only knew the power of the dark side. to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Kat, here with Johnny. Hey, how's it going, Kat? Good, how are you? I'm good, but let's not neglect, we have a guest with us today, like we said we would, um, and this is going to be part of the thing we do. We went out and we um, are trolling forums and Instagram and just cl- the collector's community in general, and we are looking for interesting guests, and I, I think we found a good one today. His name is Nick Morgan. Hey, Nick, how's it going? It's going great, Johnny. Thanks for having me on Collector's Quest. Right, no problem. We're, we're really glad to have you here. Um, and the reason we have you here today is because um, there's not many collections that I look at and go, man, my collection is not, it's not big enough. Um, but I've got, I've got Collector's Envy over yours because you've got a very big, well-thought-out collection. Um, we found you via Instagram. So who are you on Instagram? So our followers can check out this super amazing collection you have. So my username on Instagram is the VGDB. VGDB stands for video game database. I haven't been able to just get the username VGDB yet. I'm working on that, but so for now it's the VGDB. Okay. And now does, do you have a video game database? Like what, where does that name come from? So when I started collecting uh, throughout my evolution, I started keeping master lists of my own. And those master lists sort of evolved into this project that I'm working on now called the Video Game Database, which is where VGDB comes from. And do you have a website for that? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, it's vgdb.io. .io. Okay. And what, yep. and what can we expect to find at that? Is it just, uh, is it list for every system, some systems? What do you got going on there? Presently, the VGDB covers all systems for Nintendo, Sega, Atari, PlayStation, and Xbox for all games released in North America. And I did that just because North American releases is what I know the most. Um, And when I get the database exactly how I want it to be for North American releases, then I'll plan on adding European and Japanese releases. But for now, just to keep a focus, I need to keep it narrowed down to just North America and just those systems. I'll also open the database to additional systems such as Neo Geo, TurboGrafx, uh, uh, systems like Intellivision and things like that as time goes on as well. Oh, that sounds really good. But tell me a little bit more about this. Is it just like, is it printable list? Is it viewable? Is it PDFs? Um, Is it a collector's tool? What else goes on? So it's at its very primitive stages right now because this is a project that I initially created for myself. I didn't initially uh, make it to share with the world, but I'm at the point now where it's grown and developed that it is something that I'd like to share with the world. But right now it's still in its relatively primitive stages. So 
if you go to vgdb.io, first of all, the interface looks beautiful. I'm really proud from a UI point of view what I've been able to do. Um, but so, all right, so there's a search bar right at the very top, very simple and intuitive to use. You can search for any game and it instantly gives you the results and it shows large box, beautiful looking box arts as the search results, not like a simple list. Um, the box arts, it reminds me of the first time you used an iPhone and it, uh, and it showed you the, the, cover flow of your music it kind of reminds me of that but for video games okay that, so that sounds pretty awesome and yeah, to be fair so, I, i've been to the website and i've seen it. It, it it's pretty slick like you said it's uh you're still building it out but what you have so far is really good and i do recommend uh, people go check it out yeah so it looks slick uh i am working on the features behind the scenes to make it a little bit better uh behind the scenes so you can currently use it to keep track of which games you own and which games you don't own. And it also does give you full lists of all the games for the systems. And it also shows the individual releases for each game as well. That's where the site stands right now. Awesome. So, and let's talk about, I mean, aside from just making this list, what makes you an expert? How many games do you have? The other day, last week, I just added my 10,000th game to my collection. Gym. That is mind-blowing. That is a lot of games. It is uh, one of the largest, one of the larger collections in North America, for sure. Definitely. And how long have you been collecting? Because this is a massive amount of games. So, I would say that I started in 2005, because... Alright, so 2005 was the first... I, I've always had an interest, and I've always been looking out for games at yard sales, like even when I was younger, uh, even like in elementary school. But I would say I started when I was 18 in 2005. I bought 400 NES games for $800. And there were 400 different NES games. They were card only. But that type of deal nowadays, you can't get anything like that kind of deal nowadays. But back then, that was the going rate. And I don't know why I wanted them. Like, there's no logical or rational reason why, but I just knew that I wanted these games. The way I rationalize it is those 400 games cost $800 of money, but that's literally a billion dollars worth of fun that I got for that $800. So that's how I rationalized it. And I just started growing it and building it from there. That's So since 2005. 2005 is pretty early on on the game into into the game of collecting, so well, that's an amazing deal. And I give, of course everything looks amazing now when you're looking at um, the way the current market is for games. Um, right. But how do you how do you keep that many games? Like you know, do you like do you display them? How do I know you're not just some hoarder? Well, I'm using VGDB to keep my collection curated so the difference between hoarding and collecting there some people may have large collections but they may be considered hoarding um as the way i see it as as long as your collection is extremely well organized um then it's that that's the opposite of hoarding as long as you know exactly what you have and exactly where it is and that you treat each individual piece in the collection as an extraordinary work of art and cultural history, that's the difference between hoarding and collecting. Hoarding is collecting junk. 
I do the opposite. I collect extraordinarily important cultural and historical artifacts. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with that assessment. Um, as someone who also has a large collection, it's really easy to let it get out of hand. So it's it's nice to hear that, um, you know, yeah. you you are one of those collectors that has taken the, the cleaner approach to it. Because I, I do know several collectors who, you know, you see their collection and it's just like piles yeah. of crap on the floor. And you're just like, what are you doing to those games? Like, don't, don't you respect your hobby and respect yourself? Like, pick those up. Yeah, and you might ask one of those types of people, hey, do you have this game? And they'll be like, uh, I think I do. Let me check my pile. Yeah. Whereas, whereas I know exactly what games I have, most of them from memory. But if I don't know it from memory, I just have to look it up in two seconds on BGDB, and I know ex- exactly what I have and exactly when I got it and the condition and everything. Well, and with a collection that big, you really have to be organized. Cause how would you keep track of it if not? Exactly. And when I was at about 5,000 games, I sort of maintained individual text files of what I had at that point. And it just quickly got disorganized. And yeah, VGDB was a solution that I sort of created, like I said, for myself um, to keep my large collection organized as it grew larger. So I have to ask, I know you collect a wide range of you know, for different consoles and everything, but you have a favorite. Okay, well, my favorite and the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart is the regular Nintendo NES or NES, depending on what you want to call it. Um, that's just simply because that's the one that I grew up on. Um, but, like, I completed my NES set in 2009. So, like, I haven't touched the NES in terms of collecting very much at all for, like, six years. It's sort of just... I've sort of just had it. Now, I still I still will go back and look at the individual games periodically. Um, I'll still also add new NES games from time to time. For example, like reproductions of of Earthbound, like I'll add. I'll add, like, like I added the Battle Kid games when they came out. I might add a reproduction here or there. But I haven't really touched NES in, for the most part, in six years. Uh, right now, my favorite systems to collect for... I would say are probably the Wii and the DS uh, and possibly the Game Boy Advance. Possibly the Game Boy Advance? Uh, yeah, I, I like Game Boy Advance. Okay. I, I, like, I like GBA a lot. Okay, yeah, I, I think GBA is okay. It's got some some quirky games, but, you know, I'm, I'm super over cardboard boxes. So, you know, well, the V, you know, and... That collection is just, it's pretty large. How big, you, you know offhand, how big is the Game Boy Advance collection? My list is somewhere around 1,200. I don't know the exact amount, but yeah, it's see, changing. Yeah. I, I haven't mastered my list yet, but it's somewhere hovering around 1,200. Yeah, over 1,000 mini little cardboard box games, and it's just like, uh, there's a lot of great titles out there. I mean, I have a couple hundred Game Boy Advance games, but you know, I, I have no desire to to go down that road of 1200 that's 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 yeah, a long road yeah it's a pretty deep rabbit hole for sure yeah i mean if you think about it, that's almost you know it's almost double the nest standard library you know the north american uh, official releases right which has like 677 licensed something right. like that yep that's the number i have okay so right. so what what are uh 
what are some gems in your collection? I mean, your collection is, is amazing, but why don't you tell us about your favorite pieces? Um, all right. Well, I'll tell you about the obvious gems that people typically think of as the gems. I do have Stadium Events Complete in box, the North American version. I do have NWC Gray and NWC Gold, which are typically considered like the Holy Grail items. And I do absolutely love having those items in my collection. Um, one piece that I'm really proud of, I like having the complete GameCube interactive multi-game demo disc set. I have all 35 of them, um, which is extraordinarily hard to put that set together. Um, I actually put the entire set together in just a few months, with the exception of the January 2002 disc, which took me three years to find. I don't know why, but that one took me a long time to find. Um... My other favorite games in my collection, honestly, are games that I have precious memories of. So I have a copy of Oddworld Munch's Odyssey for Xbox that I got signed by the designer, Lauren Lanning. That was an awesome experience. Um, oh, I have a... This is this is probably my favorite... Well, one of my favorite items. So when Grand Theft Auto 3 was released, it had a lot of controversy because of violence in video games. And there was an attorney uh, that was... was was an attorney from Florida. He's been disbarred since then, named Jack Thompson. That okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definite d bag, and uh, <laughs> deserve. Oh, there wasn't a nicer guy to be disbarred. F that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, so I had him personally sign a copy of Grand Theft Auto Three. And this was at the height of the controversy when Grand Theft Auto 3 was, was released. Hold on. And he, hold on. He he signed it? Yeah, he signed it. He signed man, it for The ego on that? that man is incredible. I cannot... Wow. What a... What an asshole. Yeah. His <laughs> ego is through the roof when you hear him in, in interviews. For Definitely. He comes off as a major enemy of, of, of the gaming world, for sure. Um... I do want to say, though, that he was very nice and respectful to me when I met him. He signed it. He saw the humor in it and signed it. So, But, yeah, from from gamers, he sort of is considered an enemy. But, well, because he, he was one, nice to me. One, he was super wrong and an asshole. And he just that guy, he's a terrible human being. I'm glad you had a nice experience with him. <laughs> and I'm sure his family loves him. But, hey. So my other favorite pieces in my collection, I love full sets. Whenever I complete a full set for a system and I did it myself, for example, I didn't just buy the entire set all at once, which I have done in the past. When I complete a set myself, that entire set becomes like one of my favorite items, if that makes sense. Put effort into something you tend to value it a little higher. What what sets have you just flat out bought i've never bought a complete set so tell me a little bit about that okay so my most recent set that i bought i bought the entire game boy color set it was missing one game which i'd since gotten the game that was missing was international superstar soccer 99 which is the hardest game to find for it um but i added that independently so i paid eleven thousand dollars for the full u.s complete in box game boy color set um, I bought the entire Sega Dreamcast set all at once. I also bought the entire Sega Master System set all at once. Uh, and I also bought the entire Sega 32X set all at once and the entire Virtual Boy set all 
at once. But those are much smaller libraries. Right, you're talking like 20 games and like 14 games or whatever it is. Right, right. Yep. And uh, sets that I completed on my own, I completed NES, I completed N64, I completed GameCube, I just recently completed Original Game Boy, which I'm super happy about. That one's really difficult, complete in box. Um, And I am near complete on Game Boy Advance, DS, Wii, Sega Genesis, and also Sega CD and Sega Saturn. Yep. And I'm and I'm not very close on on PlayStation One, PS2, or Xbox, but I do have about half of those games. Incredible lineup of games. Do you have a complete Super Nintendo set as well? No, Super Nintendo is one that I'm severely lacking on. I have around 200 games complete in box for that set, and there's around 700 total. Yeah, about and, 720, 722, or whatever. Yeah, and the people's Passion and interest in Super Nintendo is one of the strongest and most popular systems there are. So it's going to set me back a lot of money to complete that set. But it is something that I will do. So you just didn't complete Super Nintendo. Uh, Is there any reason for that? Are you just not interested in Super Nintendo? Like, you've got so many other sets. What's kept you off of this? So when I was younger, I... Grew up on regular Nintendo. That's the system I remember the most. And I remember Super Nintendo being advertised on TV a lot. And I remember a lot of my friends had it. But my family personally skipped over the Super Nintendo. And we went straight to Nintendo 64. So as you know, as collectors, we typically uh, collect the systems that we have the strongest personal memories and emotions and nostalgia with. So for me... It's regular Nintendo and Nintendo 64. Um, Don't get me wrong, I still love the Super Nintendo. Uh, There's a lot of phenomenal games on the Super Nintendo, like Super Metroid, the original Harvest Moon, Super Mario World, Zelda Link to the Past, Donkey Kong Country series, Luffy 1 and 2. Um, So I will collect and finish Super Nintendo eventually, but the reason I skipped over it initially was because my priorities were with other systems. That makes sense to me. Nostalgia does drive quite a bit of collecting. I think that's how we all start. What I find weird is that you and Kat are both younger than me, but you have you both have NES as your number one set, and you're the first nostalgia-based you know, collecting came out of that. Um, and I feel, I feel like that's weird. Like I said, I, we're, we're hitting now the age. I feel like you guys are the age of like more N64. And now we're getting into the N64 and GameCube age of collecting. And I feel like maybe form collecting is moving and shifting down a little bit right now. And people are starting to get more into Instagram and follower based media like that. Um, which is where I met both of you two. So, um, I know you want to talk about that a little bit, Nick. So why don't you right. and Kat kind of, inform me the old man of the podcast uh, about social media imagine you were talking to your grandpa so be slow and be descriptive spell out the words what's that tell me about social media how do you meet people you might just swipe left well i think (laughs) no just 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 hold on we'll explain it to you (laughs) I think for me, um, Instagram was kind of a way that it was easy to collect with people. Um, A lot of people 
more and more I see people who have phenomenal collections that are sharing what they do or or how they did it. So for me, Instagram was a way to be able to kind of connect with other collectors. Um, there aren't a whole lot of girls that collect where I am and sometimes I maybe don't get taken as seriously locally as I might when somebody on Instagram sees that I actually do collect. So for me, that's kind of what it was about and just being able to share and connect. Now, Nick, what was your kind of draw to start your Instagram and share your collection that way? So I've always known what Instagram was, but it actually took me a long time to discover Instagram in terms of the retro gaming community on on Instagram. Um, but just like everybody else, I just wanted to show off my collection. I wanted to show off what I'm doing. I wanted to show off my collection finds. Uh, I I wanted to talk about it. I wanted other people to show it to. Um, I wanted to see what other people were doing. Um, you know, and I just started posting. Uh, and people started recognizing me and, you know, remembering who I was. And I started, you know, that's how I met you guys. I started building connections and relationships through Instagram. Um, I love Instagram for its retro gaming and collecting community. Uh, um, there's some extremely passionate people on there. It's a really healthy community. There's tons of people uh, constantly helping each other and working and creating trades through there. Uh, I'm really happy I found Instagram. And I think it's been really neat to be able to, for me, connect with so many people that I might not connect with locally. And what I find really interesting is seeing people who collect just maybe for one console or collect, you know, only complete in box stuff or only carts or whatever it be that we all collect so differently, but everybody is so appreciative and supportive of each other. But how do you guys make the trades? <laughs> Now that is one I actually still have not done a trade on Instagram, so I'm going to hand that one over to Nick because I'm assuming you probably have. All right. Well, one of my first trades on Instagram was through a guy. His handle is Retro Game Trader. He was the first person that I met on there, and he helped me out a lot. He has like 12,000 followers, and we did a trade. I sent him a bunch of empty N64 boxes. I remember I hooked him up. I gave him a great deal. And he was, we just started talking about games. We, we had this private conversation, me and him, and we just started talking and talking and talking. And he's like, dude, you're, you're awesome. I'm going to give you a shout out. So he gave me a shout out. Uh, he has, he had 12,000 followers and I had like, like a hundred followers and he shouted me out, which means, um, he posted on his profile. He didn't just yell. Yeah. I mean, he yelled really loud and like whoever heard, heard him like listened, um, no. All right. So, so, so he posts a shout out is when you post on your Instagram profile to tell your followers to follow somebody else. So he did that and I got like 300 followers that way. And I just kept giving quality posts, kept, uh, not just necessarily my collection additions per day, although I did start posting my daily collection additions, but I also tried to post really popular franchise titles, not necessarily the rarest but the most popular games like in the zelda franchise uh mega man one through six uh mega man uh x x2 x3 um yeah a lot of games like that those are in my experience the games that people get the most excited for the really popular franchise titles so i just tried to make quality posts and eventually people started noticing me and following me and i started meeting more and more people 
And have all your trades that you've done been successful on Instagram? Have you had any kind of iffy things or has it really been an overall positive experience? Um, everything has been positive. I've had probably around 20 trades through there. One of them was a little bit iffy. The person took uh, a little while to ship the item, but uh, she shipped it and there were no issues. And yeah, so far my trading history has been very positive through Instagram. So then even somebody who is very old, apparently like Johnny has considered himself, has still got good hope for being, you know, having a good, wonderful relationship with Instagram. But how do you protect yourself against bad traders? Is there like an Instagram condom I can wear? Like, how do I do this? Well, it's just like any when you trade anywhere else through the Internet. There's, there's always going to be a slight risk, but as long as you feel the person out and if they give you any bad vibes, stay away. Um, you know, you can you can tell a lot just judging on your own intuition. So if your intuition is that it's going to be a fine trade, it usually is. But if somebody sort of sort of gives you weird flags, then you know proceed with caution. Yeah, I, I joke. Um, That's fair. I, I there's joke, not, there's not a feedback system though uh, for for Instagram currently. But people do like if somebody has like thousands of followers, like like we have, like they're not going to hurt risk hurting their reputation just to make a few extra dollars like right i was gonna say uh i kid all, all things aside um instagram and facebook and you know twitter they are a self-regulating community too you can't go into the community and screw someone so if anyone's listening with aspirations of screwing someone on instagram if you do people people will talk about it video game collecting is still a small community we will shout your name out we will post pictures that you are a bastard and a bad trader and we will tell everybody. So congrats. Maybe you got $50, $100 worth of games, but you won't ever get them again. And no one no one will come near you. You will become radioactive. So um, I, I've actually done a couple of trades through Instagram. And so far, so good. And like you said, if it's someone who's known in the community and they have thousands of followers, you're probably, you know, just like anyone else. Be wary right. of new traders. Feel them out. Follow basic rules. Like if it's someone new who approaches you, they want something, you know, maybe they send first and then you send second. Don't just hand out your money uh, to someone new first, um, especially if you have the reputation already. You you are known. You can't just go around screwing people because, again, you've got a bunch of followers. You're not going to risk tarnishing your name for a few bucks, especially when you have a large collection, too. It just it doesn't make any sense. And again, the community is small. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I think people who haven't tried it can be a little bit more weary. Like I'm a little bit kind of on edge about doing it, but I think you're right. If it's somebody who, like you said, has a lot of followers and who you've seen, like there are people that I follow on Instagram who I've seen, you know, I trade it with this person and it was really positive. So I think that feedback in a way is a good way to maybe source out who you might want to trade with. Right. It's not forum feedback, but I mean, there is feedback. There is, it's still community and people still talk. Yeah. Yep. And one of my favorite things to do when I receive an item from somebody on Instagram, I love giving them a shout out. So other people see that and that sort of improves their reputation. So even though there's not an inherent feedback system built in, there is still feedback going on. People know who's safe and who's reputable to deal with. So, and I know you guys moved into Instagram, but were you guys on any forums? How do you feel about forums in general? Like, 
do you go on them anymore? Are you still using them? Like, Kat, are, are you on any forums? Because I know you're all over Instagram, but are you, do you go to any forums? <laughs> no, not really. Um, I've been pretty lucky in, like, like I said, most of my collecting being hands-on. And I think I love the hunt so much that I still hope that I'm going to get lucky and find things in the wild like I used to. Obviously, it still occurs, so I'm not as regularly. So I think part of collecting for me was hunting and finding things and, and actually like physically touching it when I buy it. Okay. Um, but I mean, do you post, like, did you ever, for any of the social aspect, I mean, put to bed the collecting aspect for right now, collecting uh, a lot of it is social and that's like what forms are. So, you know, you, not just to find trades, but to find people with like ideas and, you know, discuss it. It's, uh, you know, a share of information. Do you got, do you find yourself on there at all for that? Or have you just said, uh, found Instagram and that's the way of the future. Well, my first kind of endeavor into anything was Instagram and I held off for it for a long time. Um, uh, you know, I know a fair amount of collectors that I know either personally or through friends or friends of friends or who I've met, you know, in local game stores. Um, so Instagram was kind of my first endeavor into like, you know, more social online aspect of it. Okay. And same question for you, Nick, like, were you ever on forums? I mean, you've been around since 2005 collecting. You had to be on forums. Instagram wasn't here. Yes, I was extremely active on forums. I would say between 2005 and uh, I started to wind down on forums around 2009. Um, but I still keep my eye on forums. I think as a collector, it's best to keep a wide net. So there is still some activity going on there, um, even though the majority of activity seems to be on follower-based social media at this point. Um, but I do keep my eyes on forums, and there are some good people to meet there uh, sometimes and some, some good trades to have, be had there as well. Yeah, I, I can definitely see collectors moving into things like Instagram, but, I mean, a lot of forums are still active. Nintendo Age is still, you know, growing, I think, daily. It's kind of ridiculous. But I have seen the transition. Obviously, I've seen the transition because I was a forum-only guy. Uh, and then somehow right. I found my way. I took my old ass and found social media, and uh, here I am on Instagram for the last, you know, six months or so. You're doing good. You have a really successful account. People uh, are accepting you. You're welcome. You're you're considered part of the family. I don't tell anybody how old I am. I know they they will just reject me if they know I'm a hundred. <laughs> Well, you look good for 100 then. Yeah, for 100, I look great. For like 37, I guess I look average. Hmm. 37. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. Yeah, I'm like a decade older than you guys. But you know what that means? It means I've just played more video games. I've had more time with them. So, so there. I guess that makes you more of a connoisseur. Uh, I don't know about that. That's a that's a five dollar college word. I don't believe in it. <laughs> You've got nine years of life experience on me. So far. You'll catch so me far. one day. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, one day you'll be older than me. I'll be dead, and yeah. that'll be fine, but... All right, then. Well, I'll I hope be... that happens a long time from now. Oh, well, that's very nice of you to say. Cat doesn't feel that way. Oh, yeah, right. Cat <laughs> was just telling me yesterday. Cat, why wouldn't you say such a horrible thing about Johnny? I'm just, I, thought, I guess, a really mean person. I thought we no. liked Johnny. <laughs> no, we do like Johnny. He's not allowed to die. Okay, that's that's a relief. 
my my animals and my wife would be very distraught if I left them. My wife because she loves me, my animals because I feed them in the morning. <laughs> and then what would happen to the games? I mean, that's a lot of games to leave behind. <laughs> you know, I buy them all, of course. Yeah, well, we joke, but that's kind of an interesting topic, right? Like, what the hell would happen to your collection if you died? We'll we'll go morbid. So. Do you guys have any kind of plan for that? Because I have a plan like in place. Because my, you cat, your your husband is a collector, so may, maybe he just keeps the games or he gets rid of them. But he would know how. My wife is not a collector. She doesn't know. She wouldn't know what the hell to do with this. And Nick, you're not married, so like, what? Do you guys have a plan? Have you ever thought of that? Or are you guys just too young to think about mortality, and it's just for old people like me? Well, I figure the chances of John and I dying simultaneously, I hope, are are slim to none. I hope either of us dying is not in the cards at all right now. But if he dies or I die, we would either keep the collection or if it was because we built so much of it together, it might be too much of a memory. But like you said, we would know how to get rid of it. So I guess it would be hard to say. I think for me, because we've done so much of it together, I would probably have a hard time parting with it where... I don't know, John might be like, it's too much of a memory and I want to part with it, or he might keep it and just live in a little hole and play games for the rest of his life. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Do you, like, do you have a plan? Have you, I mean, I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty dark thought, but have you ever thought what happens to the collection if, if something happens to you? I have thought about it. I don't have a plan, a formal plan or a written plan. Um, but I'm, what would happen if I passed away tragically if something happened i'm sure it would end up getting sold and most likely my brother matt would end up selling it he has a pretty firm grasp on the online marketplace um he wouldn't be able to get he wouldn't be able to sell it in this most intelligent way but he still would be fine in in selling it and that would the money would help my family yeah see um for me i mean i have a kind of a plan um a little bit i have a friend who i would who's not a collector but he knows you know he he sells magic cards and stuff so he he has an idea of of how transactions like this work how collectibles work in general um and i keep pretty good records of what i think the value of games are and stuff so i think he would just go buy that and hopefully he would get money and then to to pass on to my wife i told him he could take you know 15 percent, but he said he wouldn't since i'd be dead he just want to <laughs> help my wife so that was nice of him but uh you know it'd be a big task it's a lot of games right it's I've got over 6,000 games. Uh, it would be a pretty large effort to start selling them. Yeah, honestly, to sell 6,000 games in, in an intelligent way that would get the most money, that's a full-time job. Oh, that yeah. That would be a full-time job. Absolutely, and I, I don't think I would expect him to do that so much as you know, probably package them together as sets and then sell them on eBay. Just right. like do a set auction and hopefully it gets good money and, you know, he knows how to pack things, and so does my wife, so that'd be all right. So do you have that, that written down, like the plan somewhere of what would happen in that case, John? Uh, no, I, you know, I, I've talked to my wife, and I talked to my buddy about it, and I said, look, if anything ever happened to me, here's what I want to happen to the games, and then I don't want my wife to try and keep them or hoard them or you know, try to collect them. I want her to pitch them for cash. I don't want her to spend any money on my funeral for them. I want her to take that money and then buy herself something nice. You know, go somewhere. Like, even if she couldn't cope with it, you know, for the first several months, hopefully several months. Hopefully she's not, like, one month later feeling good enough to go on vacation. But uh, when she did feel well enough, you know, go somewhere nice and have a good time. You know, the game's 
collecting brought me joy, so I figure if I died, might as well bring her some some joy somehow as well. Yeah, hopefully if that did happen, uh, God forbid, she also wouldn't, uh, she would only mourn for a few months, not a few years, uh, and then she'd be able to, you know, not a few days either, but there would be a mourning period, and then she'd be able to go out and do something awesome. Yeah, that that's my hope, you know. She she's like no I I don't know if I could do it and it's like you'll get over it eventually and it also depends how how old she is when that happens if I'm like eighty and I die and she's like seventy five then you know who knows uh, you know maybe she buys a bigger room at the home she lives in yeah see we're all pretty young <laughs> well I think it would be safe to say I'm sorry what was that Nick um, even though you're 37, we're all still pretty young. Like all three of us are extremely young. This isn't something we like people our age typically think about. So, but I don't know about you guys, but I'm planning on keeping my collection for my entire life. So if I eventually turn like 80 or 70, like that is something I will have to start to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. So is there, there's not amount, well, let me ask both of you guys this. Is there an amount of money that makes you walk away from the collection right now? Like I'm not like if someone came and offered you full market value for your collection, what would what do you do? Full market value, no, no way. Cat, um, I I don't think so. I don't think I could because I like I have too many memories in collecting it with John to be like I I don't think it's hard to say not being in the situation, but I don't think I would. Interesting. What about you? Oh yeah, if you came in and offered me what I believe is full market value for my games, you could have them today. <laughs> it's not that I don't love collecting or I'm not a passionate collector. I just like full market value. Sure. I would probably like, I don't know if I could part with the super Nintendo games. One, cause I haven't completed the set two because it's my favorite system. Um, so I might like hold on to that, but then I would probably really focus on, on more current gen sets. Like I would knock out, I'd probably knock out the Wii and maybe do some portables cause I've never done a portable after that. So you wouldn't just, okay, somebody offered me the money, I got the money, the games are gone, I'm done. You would still continue to collect. Yeah, but I would collect in the same way I collect now, uh, with with the money I have that I feel like I can spare for collecting. I wouldn't right. take a big chunk of that and then just buy an Insta collection. I would just take the money and, you know, pay things off, like, uh, you know, uh, buy, you know, I think I could not pay off my mortgage, but I could pay... Uh, a large chunk of my mortgage off and then you know that'd be cool or maybe i'd just take that money and put it towards a vacation house somewhere uh, an income property yeah, i mean there's a plan and then if that thing is making money if i buy an income property then any money i make from that can then just be dumped right back into gaming so it really all comes back to the games yeah yeah i mean I'm, i wouldn't stop but nick no yes. way you just not full market value what what number does Full market value, absolutely not. Um, if, if you start getting between two and three times market value, that's when I start to consider it. Um, I really don't know where the cutoff is of where I absolutely would, but you know that's really difficult to say. You'd have to put me in that situation. Um, but just like you said, collecting is part of who I am, so anything I did with that money would all go back to collecting. So the only way I'd consider selling it is if it would somehow make a wiser decision that would enable me to build back up a larger collection 
uh, or something like that. But it would be so hard and so difficult to 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 part with it because I have so many personal memories with so many of them. That that would just be difficult for that reason. Yeah, I mean that's that's understandable. And cat, it's just yeah. too many memories. I mean, I- yeah, I mean, I think everything has a price, but I think it would be one of those things I'd have to be in this situation. Like, I think right now I wouldn't want to part with it, but you never know. If somebody came in and I was like, this is the cash, then, I mean, that's a totally different situation, right? But there are a lot of memories because we have done it all together right from the very beginning. All right. I think I've exhausted what I have to talk about. Kat, do you have anything? No, I think I'm good also. All right. Uh, before we sign off, let's do a few things. We didn't touch on uh, what you are playing now. I know what Kat's playing, but Nick, what are you playing? Honestly, I've been busy. I haven't had much time to play games lately. Uh, I, However, that being said, I always go back to Mario Kart 7 for Nintendo 3DS. That's one of my favorite games to play. And there's a lot of people playing online right now. Um, even though it's it's a little bit older of a game, I still love playing that game. Um, so yeah, I know Fallout 4 just came out. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to play it. Um, hopefully, I'll be playing Super Mario Maker soon. Um, but I'm in the I, I'm in the process of moving across the country, so um, I should be getting a Wii U soon and a nice TV where I'll be able to play Mario Maker on it. So that's sort of where. I'm right now well they just announced a really good wii u bundle coming out um over the black friday holiday uh it comes with smash bros and splatoon yeah i saw that and actually as soon as i saw that my eyes lit up maybe i'll get that one but then i realized that they're digital copies oh, of the are games they digital and, copies Blech. yeah and being the collector instinct in me says like i don't want digital copies i want the physical media so yeah. i probably won't get that that even though that is a good deal i saw i know the exact one you're talking about yeah uh you know what i love digital games and i wish all of my current stuff was digital like i wish i could afford to do both just because i hate i would love to keep all of my other stuff sealed and just buy digital games yeah Uh, digital games are definitely convenient they have a huge convenience factor yeah like swapping discs is it feels so 1988 like can i please just (laughs) have digital content please please also wouldn't it be nice like maybe you guys aren't in this boat but i would love for all physical media to finally stop because then there would be a finite stop on collecting i could be like that's the number right there and i got them all done lock it down so if it doesn't stop is there an ending collecting in your opinion then you have to have everything um, yeah, I've got an end in mind, but we'll, we'll, maybe we'll touch on, uh, digital versus physical in another show, but yeah, I definitely have something, I have something in mind for that. I do think that there will be a time when it goes all digital and there will be, there, there will always be, the industry is always going to be there though. So there will always be things to collect, but I do think games at some point will be all digital. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for the digital revolution and, uh, Skynet to take over. Bring it on, baby. All right, guys, that will do it for us. Thanks for listening. Anything else, guys? No, thanks I think that's it. Thanks for having me on the show, Kat and Johnny. It's, it's yeah. awesome. Thanks for joining us. cool show. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Tell us your Instagram again. My Instagram is at the VGDB. So the video, VGDB, which stands for Video Game Database. And Kat, where are you on Instagram? I'm Kat Sylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. 
and I am Johnny underscore I-U-C-C-I. Uh, please check out our picks and uh, follow us if you don't already. If you only knew the power of the dark side.